Communities, new partners, EG Tax. Well, hello everybody. This is EG Tax with our weekly podcast, and we got a real winner for you today, right, Esther? Uh, hey, that's true. I'm Esther Villiers, the tax lady from EG Tax, and of course, I'm I'm joined in studio here with. Tiffany Fabian, Christopher Fabian, and this is our regular weekly podcast, and we hope to make you smarter than the average bear when it comes to um, to all things tax-related, because the more you know, the better it is, right? I, I got to hear Chris say, hello, Esther. Go ahead. Do it, Chris. <laughs> Do it. Hello, Esther. Hello, Christopher. All right. You know, when I thought about what to talk about today... Um, and again, uh, this is EG Tax, and our website is egtax.com. If you have any questions when um, uh, during the week anything comes up, love letters from the IRS uh, from any of the states that you're listening from, you can give us a call at our corporate headquarters. You can email us through our website because we want to help you, right? Yep, absolutely. What do they say? 80, 90% of those letters are not right or they're at least not 100% right. So do not just pay it. Make sure you have a second set of eyes. Look at it because we that's all we do all day long and you become uh, an expert at it. That's right. Well, and also um, the money that you're getting back, especially those of you that have found out that you aren't being penalized for health insurance or you're entitled to a refund because you had claimed the $10,200 in unemployment uh and then they change the law. You also want to give us a call to make sure that you're getting all the credits you're entitled to, right? Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, because right now they're finally rolling out um, that unemployment, uh, you know, the 10200 or the 20400 And so as they roll it out, they said that they're not looking at the, the like retirement savers credit, the uh, AOTC, it could change, the college credit, and the child EIC. Yep. And so make sure you have a second set of eyes. Look at it when you finally get that determination. Right. All right. So today, uh, you guys have anything else you wanted to talk before we get into the actual meat of the subject here? Yeah, I've been noticing um, lots of people are getting letters saying that they owe the IRS lots and lots of money. But And again, in actuality, they don't. The IRS sent out all these letters about the unemployment that we subtracted, the 10,200 and the, if you're married, 20,400. But it crossed in the mail. They mailed out the letter and they just haven't processed that unemployment yet. So again, don't pay it. Just a little bit of patience. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Actually, one of my clients on a 2019 return, it took she still hadn't gotten her refund. And uh, two weeks ago, she got a letter that says, oh, no refund is due. And then yesterday, she got a letter that said, oops, you got a $1,450 refund. And it, and so, you know, right now, I think everybody has to be patient. It's going to be a while before everything is sorted out because of COVID and because of all the changes with all the stimulus and the advanced child tax credit. I mean, it's coming. All right, but let's talk to the about the meat and potatoes of our subject today, which is pensions. Right. And before you say, oh, I know everything about pensions, I bet you you don't. Right. And because, I bet you you want to know. Right. And, uh, you know, so, 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Everybody, you know, people out there are probably going, pensions? Well, what's a pension? Because, you know, I don't have a pension. My company's not going to pay me when I retire. We're talking your 401ks, your IRAs, your 403bs. You know, when we mention pensions, we, we widen, widen, broad. yeah, very broad aspect of it. We're talking your retirement when you want to leave your job and enjoy life. Right. <laughs> Or, or just quit working. I don't know about enjoying <laughs> life, but anyway. So a pension is a is a way it's th- to set aside money that can be tax deferred and grow tax deferred until you start to take it out when you decide to retire or reach age seventy two. Now, why do I say that? Because uh, it used to be that once you were seventy and a half. You could no longer put money into a pension plan, but that all changed, right? It did. It certainly did. Now they allow you to put money in to whatever age. And also, if you put money into an IRA, you're now privy over the age of 70 and a half to the IRA adjustment to income potentially. Right. As long as you're working. Right. As long as you're working right? and you don't have to start taking it out now to your 72 instead of 70 right. and a half. And you're not covered by a qualified plan and, and you're not a high income earner. I mean, there's lots of other caveats for this over the 70 and a half. But, but the bottom line is the big change in the tax law recently was that now that if you're 72 and still working, actually past 70 and a half, now it's 72 though, and still working, you can still contribute to your pension and or IRA within within some of those income limitations that Tiffany just talked about. So this is a big, big change. So and and not only that, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention it, not only can you put money into an IRA, you're going to now qualify potentially for an earned income credit. Right. Right, which is another big, huge change in the tax code that used to be gone once you were collecting Social Security. And so now they opened it up for people over the age of 65, which is really exciting. And you don't need children. Right, right. Right? If, if you're... I mean, most people get the big credits if they're working and lower income, moderate income, and they have children. Now, people age over the age of 70 and a half, actually now 72, uh, can qualify for a earned income credit if you don't have children and they've just increased those limits. So it's unbelievable uh, the changes that have happened to older working people. Yep. And, and gosh, if you look around um, and you're driving down the road, you're like, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. And so employers are happy to have people who are over the age of 65, 66 They're working. happy to get anybody. They're, yeah. And so it's well, great. Well, I mean, but I mean, you know, a senior is a great employee. Mm-hmm. You know, they come back, they come from that work ethic that seems to have eroded in recent years. You know, working hard, being diligent, being uh, thought thoughtful, caring about your employer, and so a uh, senior is a is a great potential employee. Right. I I hate to say that, but you can see the different age groups out there and their work ethic. 
You know, you have the the people who used to stay at a job for 50 years, you know, because that's what you did. And nowadays, you're lucky if you have a person under age 30, 35, who stays at a job for more than two years, because it's always about them and not about where they work and where can I get more money. And Well, sometimes (laughs) when I hire people, the first thing they say to me is, well, what are my benefits? Yeah. Okay, let I, we, we want to get you hired first. Then. I also, but say, anyway, I also, so, I also so want to anyway. say two things. It used to not be a badge of honor to get unemployment, but lately it's become like a badge of honor. Usually, if you got unemployment, you would hang your head down low. And then another thing I want to say: the last two presidents of our United States were, as you call, senior citizens, and they hold the highest office in our country, right? So they're they're not there. only they're really senior. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not just moderately senior. <laughs> definitely senior right. all right but anyway so if you're a wage earner you qualify for a pension plan most of the time unless you're a high income wage earner and so that's what we want to talk about the benefits of a pension plan now i've talked to many taxpayers and i know you guys have too and i say to them why aren't you contributing to your 401k 403b um simple plan IRA. And they say to me, because they're afraid of losing their investments. Have you guys heard that? Yep. I have time and time again. So is, is there a big mystery of a pension? Is a pension different than any other investment? No, no. no. No, You decide what you want to invest it in. What were you going to say, Chris? That's what I was going to say. Oh yeah. Because there's no mystery as to the investment in a pension because whatever, if if you have a qualified pension plan at work, you can invest it in a CD. You can invest it in uh, the stock market. You can invest it in mutual funds. The same thing you'd invest in if you were investing outside of a pension plan, the pension plan only denotes the fact that this is a tax favored investment and it has rules and regulations. Correct. Right. Right, right. I mean, there's a contribution limit. There's, yeah, but you got to just, it's if, and the thing is, too, most companies match a 2% match, a 3% match. So if you're not taking advantage of that, you're losing free money. Right. Well, so you got a tax favored investment, tax deferred investment, one that can be uh, contributed to by the employer which is not taxed till you start to take it out. That's just some of the benefits of being in, an, in, a, in a pension plan. And remember, it, the, the, once you put in a pension plan, that doesn't make it subject to some kind of a mystery that it should go down. If you're in any investment and the investment you're in that you've chosen has a downturn, you're going to lose money, whether it's a pension or not a pension. But so we, and I think we mentioned 401k, 403b, SEP. Now, an SEP is different than a 401k and 403b. What's the difference between an SEP, for instance? Well, an SEP is for the self employed person, where a 401k, a 403b is for an employee normally. So the 401k, if you're under age 50, caps you out at 18,000. If you're over 50, you can put in an extra 6,000, so up to 24,000. Where an SEP, you can put in 25% of your net profit 
up to $54,000 right. Which is party suites. Yep. And yep. so, and so people say, oh, you know, I don't have that kind of money. Well, maybe you don't have that kind of money, but if you had a blessing on your business and you, and, and let's say as the uh, tax laws start becoming less and less favorable, because we are looking at the potential of a big tax increase, the pension plan might be the only thing to reduce your tax liability. Right. Right. And, and, and the SEP is re- is remarkable if you're a self-employed person. And, you know, you think about a self-employed person. A realtor is a self-employed person. Yep. Yep. Right. Up, yeah. up, and up. the realtors are knocking down a bunch of money right now. Right now. And right I would more. think they'd be really interested in putting money in an SEP. Right. Because the beautiful thing is it obviously lowers their tax liability. And so it's a great tool in their tool bank. And so while they're also in that same place of doing the pension plan, they also might want to take advantage of the adjustment to income for their health insurance. Just just as a side note. Oh, that's absolutely Corrective. Thanks. Right. Thanks for bringing that up. So right, but, and now, so yes, sir. Um, the one thing, as my mind just went blank, it was the different. Oh, the where a four hundred one k, you have your paycheck to put your money in your four hundred one k or your four hundred three b, and the SCP, you have to you file your return mm-hmm. including extensions so right which is a sweet thing because which basically means you have until october 15th of the next year to fund your pension for the previous year that's pretty cool so you could say if you had a $200,000 profit we're going to say you can put $40,000 in your scp you may not have it on march 3rd you file an extension that ex- and you don't file your return until October 15th that means you have to October 15th to save up that $40,000 so if you were closing on that big huge multi-million dollar house and you're waiting for the commission you have until October to fund that pension plan right. for example and so uh, on your contribution you multiply that contribution by your tax rate, federal and state, and that's the money you save. So if you were in the 32% bracket federal and 7% New York state, that's almost 40%. If you put away 50,000 in your uh, SEP, you save $20,000 right around in taxes. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's huge. And and the beautiful thing is you're saving for your retirement, which is a wonderful thing. And I mean, I've talked to so many people that they're like, there's going to be a downturn. I know there's going to be a downturn. It's been so long. But um, I've talked to the financial guys who we have the privilege of working with. And they're like, you really don't know. Do you have a crystal ball is what they say, right? And so so like we talked about is you plan for your pension. Any any other investment that you're into would not be tax sheltered like a pension. Right. So if you if you went to your stockbroker and said, "Here's two hundred thousand dollars," and there's a downturn, you lose the money. If you put the two hundred thousand dollars in an SEP and there's a downturn, at least you've saved twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand in taxes. 
Right, right, right. Right. And you control the investment. So you can you can go from a moderate risk to high risk. And if you think, oh, my God, I, you know, they just signed this stupid law and now the market's going to go down, you switch your investments to safe. And once the market settles, then you turn it back up to moderate or high risk again. Right. So you right. got to stay on top of your investments. All right. So that's what a pension is. Now, why would someone be attracted to? Now, these would be traditional. Uh, that would be tax deferred, um, tax deductible. And when you take them out are taxable. Those are traditional pension plans. But you could also go into a Roth pension. Uh, 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 p- pension plan. What's the difference between a Roth and a traditional? Sure. A Roth, you pay the taxes up front. And um, then if you have it in beyond the age of retirement, it grows tax free. So if you don't do an early distribution, all that income from the Roth grows tax free. So th- that's a beautiful vehicle, you know, if, especially if you have you're married and they have a big government pension, you know, it's a really good idea. There's something to be said for diversifying. And so if your portfolio is strong, then a Roth might be a good idea, but often it's not a good idea for taxpayers. Well, it's not that it's not a good idea. It comes down to, it comes down to, do you want your, do you want to save money now? Or do you want to save money when you retire? Now, if you get to retirement age, that is a wonderful thing. But between now and retirement age is a lot of years and a lot of road bumps. And perhaps you won't make it to retirement age. Uh Right. Well, it comes down to those two words that a lot of people don't do till it's too late. Tax planning. Yep. And that's where you have to look at your retirement accounts and say, right now I'm making $90,000 a year. When I retire, what is my income going to be? Oh, I'll have my 24000 in Social Security and what else? Okay, I'll have my 401k where my I'll have I'll take out $10,000 a year. So is that going to be enough? You know, that tax savings that you think you're saving by putting in a Roth, you you don't really save because you're not going to pay taxes if that's your situation. Right, if- well, because the standard deduction is very high for married couples and and seniors because they get an extra deduction for being over 65. So really like the first, and of course, and we're talking a number of years down the road, they keep increasing the standard deduction. So maybe in 10 years, the standard deduction might be $30,000 for a married couple and sixteen or seventeen thousand for a single person, their social security wouldn't be taxable. And if they take ten thousand dollars out of their pension plan, it's going to be under the standard deduction, so they won't pay any taxes. So that's what people don't understand. If you don't have a large pension provided for you, and you're going to be living off of your four hundred one k, I mean your your IRA or even your 401k, and it's not a lot of money, you're going to not pay taxes anyway. So you didn't get any benefit when you when you put it in the Roth, and you have no taxes that you're going to pay when you take it out. So you actually shot yourself in the foot. Right, yeah. right. And, you know, if you have a government job, 
local, county, state, federal, and you have that guaranteed pension, then maybe a Roth isn't a bad idea because your income is going to be up there where you're making now. So you really got to look at your projected income to what it is now. And I know I'd say 80% of the Americans out there retire on less income. Yep, go on. So to to do a conversion or to start doing a Roth may not be the best thing. I know you had a client in the other day and they were here counseling to see if they should do a Roth and after you were all done counseling what did what was the final result? They're not going to do a Roth. Yeah. But well and especially when they think about taking existing traditional money and rolling it over to a Roth. That means that you're saying Okay, when I finally do retire, I won't pay any taxes. But by jinkies, I think I'll pay it right now. Yeah. So if you got a hundred thousand and you're in the twenty-five percent bracket, federal and state, mm-hmm. you're going to pay twenty-five thousand dollars now, as opposed to when you retire. And if you had very low outside pension money, that would mean probably you'll pay nothing when you took take the money out anyway. If it was in a traditional, so you're paid the money up front, and you get no tax benefit later. And that's why you need the tax plan. That's right. That's right. Right. right? So. so that's a Roth. So there's traditional Roth. And then and then there's, and these are would be qualified pension plans, which means that they're regulated by the federal government. And so that's why they have all of these features that make it tax deductible when you put it in, and they grow tax deferred over the years. Yeah. And another, right? uh, yeah, another tipping point, which always pushes me over the edge is that the IRS or not a Congress, Congress always toys about the idea of getting rid of these pre-tax pension plan savings com- contributions, and they'd like to move to Roths. And so that is always a tipping point for me. When I hear something like that, I'm thinking by yeah. jinxing- Why would the federal government want you to have right. after tax dollars? Uh-huh. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Now, why is it important that if you have a pension plan that you list a beneficiary? Because <laughs> if not, it goes to probate. I, we are lucky enough to have um, a estate lawyer on our show often. And when it goes to probate, it just costs you money in lawyer fees, time, exhaustion, and turmoil. And so you don't want to have it go to probate if you can avoid well, it. Yeah, not just probate. And, and, yeah, well, and then there's another reason, too. Right, why right. because it goes, the taxability goes to the estate. Mm-hmm. So the estate, after the first $12,000, you're at the maximum tax rate right now of 37%, which they want to increase to 39%. So even if you think, okay, well, it's $200,000 instead of having my children, it will go to my estate. Well, you're looking from maybe a 12% to a 39% difference. So you're looking 27% more in taxes on that 200,000. So you're... and, and, And then, but I hate to step on you, but... And that's what you're saying. And the whole darn pension becomes taxable at once, right? right? Yep. Because if you had a beneficiary, the beneficiaries could spread it out over how many years? Uh, They can now spread it. They have to spread it out over 10 years. Right. So instead of the whole darn thing being taxed at the highest rate, if you listed a beneficiary, they they could spread it out over a 10-year period and have pay much less in taxes. 
Right. And not to mention the savings on New York State, too, because then every year that person would get up to a $20,000 exclusion on New York State. So you spread it out over the 10 years on a $200,000 pension. You pay no money, no tax to New York State, where the estate would have, you know. All right. And as we get uh, towards the end of our show here, uh, what is a charitable rollover for an RMD, Chris, Tiff? Um, that's when you, you designate oh, the IRA to go your, your minimum distribution directly to a charity. I think of Larry. So your, 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 your minimum distribution or up to a hundred thousand dollars out of your IRA. Once you hit 72, you send it directly to the charity instead of your pocket in this way, then that minimum distribution does not count as income on your tax return. And the beautiful thing is then the taxability of your social security is less. And the nice thing, if you're a charitable person or you're giving, you're giving money and it goes right from the chair, from the IRA to the charity and avoids the taxability, which is a really good thing. Also. Right. And I I mean, and obviously you wouldn't give a hundred thousand dollars to charity unless you were philanthropically uh, bent or somebody that believed in tithing. But if that is you, that's a way around your RMD making it taxable. Well, I'm Esther Golius, the tax lady from EG Tax. Our website is egtax.com. We thank you for listening to our podcast. We'll be back the next time with another podcast. We're going to be talking about what tax rates are and how to determine what tax bracket you're in. So we're going to take the mystery out of taxes. Until next time, I'm Esther Golius with Tiffany Fabian, Christopher Fabian from egtax.com. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG Tax.